Hey, what's going on? And welcome to Worship and Leadership by LifePoint Creative. My name is Elmer, and I'm excited that we get to hang out for the next few moments. This podcast was created with the intent to resource our creative dream teamers at LifePoint Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. But we're aware that many of you are listening from around the world. So just thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. In just a few moments, I'm going to kick off today's episode. It's going to be a little different than what we did last week. Today, it's just me by myself. Pastor Willie, Tiffany are not here. And uh, I wanted to share something a little different. It still has to do with worship, um, but it it's going to have a little twist to it. All right. Um, I just want to recap last week really quick. On our previous episode, we were able to discuss the priesthood according to the Old Testament and how it pertains to us as believers after the cross and resurrection of Christ. In 1 Peter 2.9, the apostle Peter makes a statement to the Jewish believers, reminding them that they are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And it's easy to argue that such a title was specifically given just to the Jewish believers. Yet John later writes to the churches explaining that we, the church, are a kingdom of priests. And that's in Revelation 1. The four living creatures also echo this in Revelation 5 as they're singing that God had redeemed people from every tribe and tongue and nation. And that they that this ethnically diverse multitude is a kingdom of priests, similar to the royal priesthood concept that Peter references. So, we are priests. And when I say we are priests, I'm not addressing those of us that claim to be uh, like worship leaders and, you know, I'm on the worship team type thing. I'm, we're talking about if you're a believer in Jesus, you know, and you claim to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, you are a priest. All right. So let's not put this on those that are on the platform. And, you know, this is this involves everyone. So as a priest, our purpose is to be an intersection between God and humanity. He called us to be his hands and feet on this earth. And through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary, now we have access to the Father. And with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in each of us as believers, we're not only priests called to minister to the Lord, but we're also called the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are now carriers of his presence. We are living tabernacles. And we talked about the tabernacle as well last week. And, you know, next week we're going to elaborate more on the significance of the tabernacle and what understanding the details of the tabernacle can do for us as believers. Why is it important that we know this? It, it's really important. We need to understand, uh, you know, why God the Father spends so much detail, you know, so much attention to detail, sorry, you know, when he wanted the tabernacle built. Because remember, the tabernacle was all about access, being able to have access to us. At least that's how we see it, right? But I, I think it was the other way around. God wanted to see how he could create a, play, a way for us to have access to him. And now through Jesus Christ, you know, we are made righteous and the story's changed. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to talk about that a bit more next week. But for, you know, the remainder of this episode, I want to talk about a very specific topic. I want to talk about the power of your story. I believe that God has equipped and placed in each of us a unique story. You know, I know we all love a great love story, a great just, you know, action story. And the Harvard Business Review says that story is the most powerful tool we have in our hand to change belief, behavior, and attitude. 
So story is important. It's a significant thing that we all have access to. And I love that the ministry of Jesus was filled with so many stories, with parables in which Jesus was able to share the heart of the Father in ways that the simplest of people could understand. Stories have a way of captivating our hearts and attention. And God has given each of us our very own story to tell. Your story is filled with a unique cast of characters, friends, family members, villains, and heroes that make our lives both bitter and sweet. We all have crazy family members. Hey, you might be the crazy family member, right? And uh, nobody's told you yet. But our experiences are all different in many ways, culturally, economically, generationally. Our stories are filled with mountaintop moments and valley lows, moments full of joy and laughter, yet with the reality of pain, and some with more pain than others. And that's the beauty of God's creation, that we each have our unique fingerprint. We each have our unique story. I, I, once, I once was lost. I once was blind. But then we met a man named Jesus, and he, he picked me up. Oh, oh, okay. He picked me up, and, and he turned me around, and he set my feet on solid ground. Come on, somebody. Pastor Willie's not here, so I'm having church by myself. He turned our mourning into dancing, our shame into praise, our sorrow into joy. And that's a good reason to praise him. Amen. God is good. We all got a reason to thank him. He's turned our life around. And, you know, Jesus, he he comes into our story. Hope entered the pages of our story. And our, our story is powerful. Your story is powerful. Your God-given story has the ability to change not just your life, but the life of others, of those present, and listen to this, and those to come. For years, I struggled with accepting the fact that God had given me my story because I thought it wasn't exciting enough. I, I grew up in church, and by the grace of God, I never got into drugs or drinking, never got mixed up with the wrong crowd. My life has not been perfect in any means. You know, and I mentioned this in a in a sermon last year. I said that my, you know, I don't have that crazy transformational life story. And I didn't go from pimp to pastor, from hustling on the streets to hustling for Jesus. That's not me. And my story might not have seemed exciting to me or doesn't seem exciting to me at times. But if it points my children to Jesus, if it's, you know, if it's pointing my sons, both my boys and my daughter to Jesus, it's more than enough. If it's leading others to Christ, it's more than enough. And at times we're our own very worst critics and we look at social media and we look at the people around us that we have in community. And it's easy to be to get caught up into their stories and almost feel like, man, my story is not as exciting. But yet if you're able to look back to your journey in life and the many things that God has kept you from in his faithfulness and his goodness and where he's brought you from and where you're at now and where you're going God is good, and your story is powerful. Can I get an amen? Hey, this Sunday I had the privilege of sharing a story with our church during our moment of worship. It was a testimony regarding our oldest son, um, Jordan. It was pretty impactful for many people, but at the same time, I knew that it would be a conflicting testimony for others. Um, And this is what I shared for those of you that were not here um, you know, in the building during worship at LifePoint, 
Um, I shared the story of how my wife and I, we were serving at an event, a church event. And when we were in Texas, this is about 2010. And we went to go pick up Jordan. He was one and a half at the time. And we went to pick him up at my mother-in-law's and we pull up to the apartment complex. And as we're pulling up, our nephews are sitting outside on the curb and, and one of they're crying. And one of them, we call him kiddo. And we're like, Hey kiddo, what's wrong? And he says, Jordan's dead. Jordan's dead. And so we parked the car right away and we just run, you know, as fast as we can into the apartment. But as we're making our way up the stairs, my father-in-law comes and grabs my wife, Lori, and he tells her, I'm so sorry, Mia, I'm so sorry. And they fall to the ground and they're crying and she begins to cry out. And, you know, and I, I just continue up the stairs. I run into the living room and I see, I see Jordan, you know, one and a half, just his little body, just pale lips, blue, who's not breathing. My sister-in-law was on the phone with 911 and, you know, for a while. And later we found out it was a little bit over five minutes and, you know, that he was unconscious and not breathing. And I had to calm my mother-in-law down and I proceeded to do the only thing I knew to do. I, I put my hand on Jordan's tummy and I spoke to my son and I said, wake up, buddy, wake up. And immediately he gasped for air. He just gasped for, he just, you just hear it in his lungs and and he jumps up from the ground and he looks at me and he just says, Dada, Dada, Daddy. And then he gives me the biggest hug that I will never forget. In that very moment, God breathed life back into our son. He was, he was once lifeless and now he was full of life. God was faithful and he continues to be faithful. That story was inspiring for many, revealing the manifest power of our God, our God that heals and does miracles. While for others it was difficult because it was a reminder that even though God heals and can bring life back into a lifeless body, it doesn't always go the way that we want it to. I met several people after the service that were grateful for the shared testimony, yet at the same time they were confronted with the reality that when they believed with all their hearts and soul that their loved one, a child, the mother, a father, or a friend, that they, when they were believing for a miracle for them, that they didn't, they did not receive the same miracle that we saw with my son. Why is that the case? I will never know. We will never know. And I don't want to get over spiritual either and, and just drop the, well, God has a purpose for my son. I do believe God has a purpose for my son. And I believe God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. And I, so I can't answer that. I can't. And it's hard. Because a lot of our friends have gone through that and have experienced that where they've lost somebody or they've lost a career or lost their dreams, something that they've invested themselves into. But I can say this, that during those moments, if we face them before or not, not yet, maybe not yet, we can be assured that we will be tested. Our faith is put on full display. What Deposits of faith we have made prior to that giant of a situation. Whatever familiarity you have with Jesus, how well you know him and what he is capable of, the strength of your community, the strength of your mental state, all of these things are put to the test. And if there's anything that I have learned from my own experiences and from walking others through their miracle or their grief, is that God continues to look at our heart. God is close to the brokenhearted. He's, he's close to the humble. God is close 
to those that recognize that we need him. And it's clear in scripture that he despises the proud. I I think of Abraham and Isaac and how God asked Abraham to surrender his one and only son, to bring his son Isaac as a sacrifice to God. The very promise that God made Abraham was the very thing God was asking for in return. Our children are a promise from the Lord, yet he asks for us to surrender them to him, to lead them towards a life devoted to him. Maybe your promise is something else, a career, a home, a dream, a physical healing, a spiritual breakthrough, whatever it is, God wants it. Abraham didn't take the life of his son and sacrifice Isaac. God made provisions in another way but he was willing to give back to God the very promise that he had received because he trusted God much more than what we can imagine. Listen, God is faithful. He is faithful when when he comes through for us and he remains faithful even when our prayers are not answered the way that we desired or expected them to be answered. My greatest takeaway from speaking to those that felt grief was I'm sorry it's, man, it was incredible because my greatest takeaway was even though I shared my story and it was hard for them each of them felt God used that story as a reminder of pain with purpose they were all expressing that God continues to be good and faithful God continues to be good and faithful. It it, it might seem a little easier for me on my end because my son came back breathing and now he's playing drums and he's serving and he's loving life and he has us taking him all around, playing sports and music and with his friends and his little sister and little brother and we get to do life with him. And it's something we get to share now as a miracle of God and while others are sharing their story in brokenness because their prayer was answered different. But God continues to be good and faithful. In spite of losing a loved one, in spite of losing it all, they can still say God is good and God is faithful. Listen, that's worship. When we're broken and helpless, yet we can turn to God the Father and tell him, here I am, broken, contrite, with nowhere else to turn, but here I am, take all of me, all my joys, my victories, my defeats, my losses, my grief, take it all. Won't you take some time this week and spend time with, with the Lord. And just say that in your prayer. Tell the Lord, here I am. Take all of me. Father, I pray right now for those that are listening in right now. I pray your Holy Spirit comfort them. Pray your Holy Spirit be their peace. 
I thank you, God, that you have given us Jesus, that we have hope for tomorrow, that we have hope for a future, that we may walk in your grace, walk in your righteousness, Lord. And I pray, God, that we can take our story and take our testimonies and allow others to see you like Pastor Willie preached on Sunday, that we can shine your light for all to see. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Praying for you, praying you're encouraged. If you have any questions, just you can email us at, you know, you can go to our website at lifepointchurch.tv. You can follow us on Instagram at lifepointchurch or our social media for creatives at lifepointcreative. Anything we can do for you, we're here to serve y'all. I love you guys. And next week, we'll be talking about the tabernacle. Love you guys.